Thank you, Paul. And good afternoon to all of you. Let's take our Bibles this afternoon and turn Daniel. No, Daniel chapter once again. We end. We start that chapter last week. Daniel chapter eight. And uh, we're going to, to uh, begin the reading. The reading day at verse nine the end of the chapter. And Daniel chapter 8, and we'll begin with verse 9. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south and toward the east, toward the pleasant land. And it was great, even to the host of heaven. He cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground and sat upon them. And he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away. And the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And the host was, host was given him the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. And it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. Then I heard, I heard one saint, and another saint said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression to, to give sanctuary and the host to be trodden under foot? And he said unto me, Unto, unto two thousand three hundred hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. It came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision, sought for the meaning. Then, be, behold, there before me as the appearance of a man, and I heard, I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand. The... So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell all upon my face. And he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for a time of the end shall be vision. As he was speaking, speaking with, I was in a deep sleep on my face to the ground, but he but heached me and set me upright. And he said, Behold, I will, I will make thee what shall be in the last end of the indignation. For at the time appointed, the end shall, shall be. The ram, the ram which thou hast have two horns are the kings of Media and Persia, and the rough goat is the king of Greece. And the great horn, horn that between his eyes is the first king. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall rise up out of the nation, but not in his power. The latter time, time kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, the king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up and up, and his power shall be mighty. But not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, shall destroy the mighty and the holy holy. And through his policy also, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his, in his hand. And he shall magnify himself in his, in his heart, and peace shall destroy men. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but, but he shall be broken with a hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was t- told is true. Wherefore shut thou up the vision, for it shall be, be many days. And I, Daniel, fainted. And was sick certain days. Afterward, I rose up and did king's business. I was astonished at the vision. None understood it. God had a, had a special reading to, a special blessing reading of His word. And I just pause for prayer. Father, we thank you for the, for the day, day when we thank you for the opportunity we have to be gathered here. That our for fellowship, that coin koinonia, intimate gathering, brothers and sisters and sisters in Christ. Father, we thank thank you for that opportunity. For it's been difficult in the, in the last year for Christians to get, get together. Father, thank you for this 
opportunity we have as the days continue on toward what seem like, like the last days. And it's, a, it's very important for us to encourage one another to gather together. Getting that from you, you and worship and pray, praise in unison. Father, we also thank you for the word of God, the fact we have it, that you've given to us, to us the truth. We are certainly blessed, and especially, in, again, in times as, as these, these, to have access to your word. Thank you for loving, loving us. Thank you, Father, for taking, taking care of the biggest problem that mankind has, that is sin, Jesus Christ, Christ died died for us, giving his blood, shed on Calvary, Calvary, so that we could go free, not to serve it, because Jesus paid for it. And now, Father, we ask that these minutes before us would be useful to encourage us, to, to correct us, to guide us, yes, to uplift us. Thank you for Daniel, this man who lived 2,600 years ago. We have the significance that this man man had not only in his day and age but even as we look forward we are literally inside, inside of this thing that we look at today what he prophesied through you is still unfolding we'll thank you for, for this this day we would ask the host the holy Spirit would guide us and direct us exclusively we ask, ask that you would forgive us father for, for worry faith we look to you Correction, love, and guidance. And now we'll, I will ask you to bless this time together and look into the Spirit to control and guide us each moment of this opportunity. Well, thank you now in Christ's name. Amen. Well, chapter 8 Daniel is one that is certainly. Uh, even for us looking back, backward, historically, is amazing. But for Daniel, not seeing any of this in the sense of it being fulfilled is even more, more amazing. And if, as you look at some of the personal notes uh, toward, the, toward the chapter, the fact that he literally fainted sick after seeing and being an under God's truth, the significance of the power of it was overwhelming. One of, the, one of the things we might even ourselves is we find we find as living in this this age. When's the last time then that when he read God's word, that it had impacted us so amazingly that we literally became sick for the people that needed to know about Jesus? Our world is is full of people that do not know about Jesus Christ, and the end is coming. I don't stand here before you saying saying when that's good but i will say this it continues each year that goes by and the older i get the more the more foreshadowing there is there is among the world we live in and what is to come i'm described for us in revelation never before have i seen clearer and clearer the advance towards the last days, as the scripture would, would define it for us and Daniel was, was impacted by his own vision. And impact us as well today. Last week we talked about a few, about a few things. We'll maybe just uh, review you a little bit and then we'll, we'll roll on. But we talked, um, essentially the focus of this vision was horns. 
There was a big horn, and a little horn, horn, and what we would call the last horn. horn. Now, Daniel was been, I, I think, it's, uh, thoughts for uh, reason for thinking this way, uh, reasons for his prophecy given in chapter 8, was, was literally he went to prepare God, God's people for execution. If you start, and, and I maybe mentioned this again last week we did, chapter 8, eight through chapter 12 now, now, it's not written in, in the Aramaic anymore, it's written in Hebrew. Uh, Daniel would, would have been very... Uh, shall we say, well-versed in several languages, but Aramaic would have been the ones, the Gentile language was the one in which, in which he spoke with the dream, dreams of the Gentiles, that Nebuchadnezzar had. That was all written in Aramaic. Now he gets to chapter 8, and, and it switches to Hebrews. He's talking about, about early the Jews. He's talking about coming days. Now, to him, every day that he, he spoke of, prophetically, was a day he knew nothing about. about. He knew nothing of Greece. He knew nothing of this little horn, which is Antiochus. I mentioned his name last week. And he certainly doesn't know of even describing the end, end of the end times of the, of the gen, which would be the Antichrist. Uh, one of the ways it's described, I guess, described to me many, many, many years ago, almost like us, us uh, looking at, for, I don't know, I always use Mount Baldy because it's out the window. And uh, you look at it, and it, it's, it's pretty gigantic. And it's, it's kind of an amazing sight. And as, and as we look at here, as think of Daniel, as he would be prophesying, he sees afar th- things to be filled. But in between here and the peak of Baldy, if you were to take trip, it's, it's not that. There <laughs> are valleys, and there are things that you can't see from here. Very much the very thing. Well, it will be more as we get in, into chapter 9 of 9. Of, there you will see even more intricate details, details which he had no idea of understanding. How apart, parenthetically, that literally it is. Those 70 weeks of Daniel, I don't want to go too much into that, but the 70 weeks of Daniel is, is an amazing thing. Uh, the, the, between last week, there's 69 weeks, weeks and the 70th week. This will make this will make things later. If, I was thinking of this this week, and as we, as we look at, uh, at some of you, of you several weeks uh, sitting here listening to this, there were there are some people that probably are hearing this for the first first time, and they're like, "What in the the world are you talking about?" <laughs> and then there's other people that have heard this numbers of times, and now looking for maybe even even more intricate details of things that unfold even more fully. But it's but it's how it speaks to all of us in different frames of frames of thought. But let me say that the space between the 69th, 70th week <laughs> has been well over 2,000 years and years. And that's a parenthesis for the last seven years to years take. Now, I do think, think, as time rolls on, that the time of waiting for us to get to the last, last week is, is narrowing one day at a time. Wasn't that prophetic? <laughs> But nonetheless, you can see how things are moving. Are moving. But, but Daniel, the scope from God's perspective, and through his eyes, looking forward, he could have never understood the, maje- the majesty of, of what he was. And even what, even what he did was overwhelming, as you see in this chapter 8. Well, he was not only there to, uh, want, wanting to prepare his people for persecution. Because one of the, the things... Uh, um, it, it, it's a theme that goes around the world is oh, it's getting better, better and better and better and better and better and better and better. better. I'm saying, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Can God make it better for sure? We're going to actually literally look at situation during the time of Antiochus's reign that 
he was actually conquered. And there was a, there was a years that it was very much better for the, for the nation. So, so am I to say there's not glimpses of hope? Is there not glimpses of where God is really doing things that really impact? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But it seems like, if especially if you want to journey through a book, that you see ups, ups and downs. It's not only it's ups and downs, and downs obeying, disobeying, up. Obeying, down and then disobeying. It's the Israelites in the book of Judges. They just could not get it, get it right. It was just, and, and it looks, looks in America is much the same way. Our, our cycles aren't quite as, God is much more merciful to us. He deserves, or deserve to be. Because if we really were on the course of mercy versus grace, we should be slapped up along out of the head and thrown, thrown in a corner. When's the last time that we as a nation really fell on our knees looking in humility before our God and cry, and cry out to him. I can't remember either. So, so I'm not asking you to, but isn't it amazing how full of grace God really is to our nation today? Given that, uh, not only was it, was it in the sense of uh, preparing God people for persecution, but also the general trend of history. Of history. I mean, we're looking toward again. If, if Reve- now, if Revelation was not in your Bible, uh, did you, do you guys want to check? Want to see if Revelation Revelation's in your Bible quickly? It's still there, isn't it? And it's still the still the and that's the way it's going to be. And the really cool, the cool part is, is as you read Daniel and you fold two of these. I'm going to say two of the three horns we're discussing. Two of those have come historically defined and prophesied extraordinarily close. So why would I doubt that the third one is not going to happen, which is unfolded for us in Revelation, the Antichrist? It's when I heard this week, bad dudes are coming. But we in the church, we're leaving. <laughs> I don't like that. <clears throat> that would be the, be the thing that Daniel was, did point out. In actually a very short, short I want to bring you to chapter 8, chapter 8, one way is overwhelming in the sense of the the problems seen from a Christian Christian standpoint. Those that trust trusted and and, and uh, obeyed God, it just just seems it just it does it just just whoo, whoo, just down steps into. And then look at look at look at verse five. I'm I'm I'm, I'm let's read it together. Together be the picture of the last horn, and it says through his policy, through his measures, he shall shall also cause craft craft seat to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart. And by peace shall destroy many. We'll talk about that as we get as we get. And look at this. He, he shall, shall all stand up against, against the prince. Who is that? Who is the prince of prince? Jesus Christ. He's, he's going to... Can you think, think of that for, that for a second? This guy, I, who will call the last horn, this last one coming, he's literally going to... I don't even know how to describe. describe. He's in God's face claiming to be, to be... What are you thinking? What are you thinking? And then, and then watch. Sentence. But he, but he shall be broken without hands. It's over before it began. That's literally the, that's the, the end. Fantastic. All of this chapter 8 is all about things to come. That part right there puts it all in perspective. The kingdom of God is going to happen. And he will be supreme victor. Satan and his mission. So I'll say to you the reason Daniel has given chapter 8. Again, it's 
more Jew nature. Because if uh, you are saved, that is, trusted Christ with your life, you've repented of your sin, you've turned to them, made him Savior and Lord, then the last is not, on, is not on your agenda. Is no one going to say amen to that? Because we're not going to be there. Revelation, I'm so glad it's there. Chapters 2 and 3 and 3 have a lot to say about the church. A lot. There's seven, seven churches, seven eras, seven dispensations, if you will. Periods of the last one is the one that the church of Laodicea, which I'm telling you what, they are, they are so lukewarm, so pathetic, so not engaged that Jesus isn't in the church. He's in the church. He's the outside to get in, verse 23. Sad and bad it is in the ending time of the church. church. And then chapter 4, all of a sudden the church is off the scene. You won't find the church. The church. You won't find the church in chapters 4 through 19, which is the tribulation period. We're not here. We'll talk about a couple of verses through that as well. But I'm glad to say that we are not here for here for wrath. We'll look at those later today. So back back to Daniel, basically three three three. He would saw Alexander the Great, who was the first king of the he goat, which we talked about last week. He was strong, strong. He was fast. He was vicious. He was over and above in the sense of power. The second one, the one we're going to talk about, begin our, our talk today, about Antiochus Epiphanes. Uh, one of the things, I don't know if he said this or not. Um, maybe we'll just build into it right, right now. Um, one of the things that you things find, if you go back to chapter 7 of, chapter seven of Daniel, there was a little horn there too. You remember that? Toward the end of chapter 7, a little horn rose up and really took out three other horns, and he, he became overall. Okay? So in our mind, sometimes we, little equals little. Okay? Okay? Now, this little horn, little horn chapter 8 is not the same little horn as it is it is in chapter 7. Again, I didn't say the last horn. I said the little horn. The one in chapter 8 comes from the kingdom of Greece. The one in chapter 7 was the last kingdom. The Roman Empire. That's where the Antichrist will come, out, will come out of. The little horn, which rises slowly. He actually comes to peace. In fact, if you go to Revelation chapter 6, it shows him on the scene with, with a bow, but it doesn't mention any arrows. He's going to be very subtle, very precarious cunning in, in how he comes to the scene. He's going to look like the answer. To the worst problems. Being ahead, I, I, I don't know why, but I'll just say that we that we may come back. One of the, the beginning stage, it would seem, scripture of when the tribulation starts, is when he, the Antichrist, will make make an peace treaty with the Jews. He will represent the entire Middle East. It would seem, and I think it is, as he he will allow the, allow the Jews build the temple. That they are assembling materials for. They're actually uh, materials for it. They just have a place to build it, to build it where they want it, because that's Arab controlled. And we'll see that actually in chapter nine. That in that temple, at the last days, Antichrist then will have the the abomination of desolation in in the temple. Do you know where the Israeli temple is today? Today, they don't have one. Do you see what I'm saying? That would make perfect sense. If you could go to the Jews today, if you went to the land of Israel and you said, I'll tell you what, here's the deal. We're going to let you, the Jews, build a temple where you... They would say, 
Oh, I don't say anything. It'd be in shock. That would make their day, because that's what they want. They want to get back, back to the sacrifice system. They want to get back to literally worshiping the God that, that they saw in the Testament. They're going to start. And I think the Antichrists would be very influential, very peaceful, very cunning, very sly, very sharp. You will find him to be very, very dark as well. I look around our world today. There's a whole lot of spirit of Antichrist. But this is the real deal. Deal. This is personality. Um, he's called the son of perdition. In scripture, there's only one other, other person that's called the son of perdition in the, in the scriptures. Who is that? Judas Iscariot. What does the son of perdition mean? The son of destruction. He's, he's so good at destruction, he's like, he's like a son of it. Except he'll let, make Judas Iscariot look like a twinkie. Like twink. There is a common, de- common denominator. Do you know why they're both called the called perdition? Because what are they inhabited... They are indwelt by Mr. Destruction himself. I still think of this. I, I, there's, there's people coming across my mind right now that um, it's, just, it's just so heinous, heinous crimes that are being committed in our day. It's just, it's just out, out of this world. But I still think how Jesus Christ treated Judas Iscariot to the very last moment before Satan entered into him. Literally made the giving him the place of honor when they were together last time. There are many, many people in this nation that are hard to pray for because of what they're doing. And yet, you know what? It's our responsibility. There's things, that's one of them. What, what do I do? What do you do? What do, you do? How do we how promote truth? It's all about truth. How do we stand for truth? You will have opportunities in the, in the coming months to stand for, for truth. It'll, it'll cost you. It, it will cost you. But there's so much that we can do. We can write letters. We can stand firm for truth when oppressed. That's really what we'll, we'll be, we'll be talking At the end of Antiochus, I'm getting... See, I'm all over the place again. It, it all fits together, this spirit of spirit of Antiochus. I don't care what year you're, you're in. That's it is. But we have opportunity to be firm and standing firm with the... Remember what we... What you, did you guys, you guys read that a couple of weeks ago? You know what holds it all, it all together? Now, we talked about putting on the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10. Do you know what holds it all together? The belt of truth. You got truth. I, I, I don't want you to get too much of a visual, but you take the belt off of me, it all falls down. <laughs> and tr- truth, they're all, all of life, of society, without truth, it, it all falls down. <laughs> and isn't it amazing how hard it, hard it is to verify truth today. You can make it up. And, well, unless you're on the internet. That, that's always true on the internet. It's a joke. <laughs> well, now, isn't, isn't it amazing? That's hard. But, but what done as a nation and as a world, America, America has lead the world in some, in some cases. The world is right there with us. There was a point at which we didn't receive the truth for, for what it was, which we ignored the truth. And we try to suppress the truth or resist truth. And then we, we really try to destroy the truth. That's where we're at right now. The sense of censorship. We don't want to know the truth. You, 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 there, that is right, right upon us now. In our, now, in the, in the very first right that our patriot founding put out there. The right to free speech. 
That doesn't mean you're necessarily right, but at least you can have the debate. No, that is, is no longer okay. That is not okay. okay. <laughs> the truth must be able to be spoken, to be believed. And that's where we're at. That's why you can stand up as individuals. And again, you can write letters. I was actually, actually there was a livestock publication, which some of, some of you know, some of you may not know. And I was just reading briefly this morning through letters to the editor. The editor apparently was a, a column within this publication. This particular individual, I would see he's a veterinarian, but holds a very conservative, I need the article, but he's a contributor to this particular paper. And there was such a backlash opposing him that the paper for, for a couple of weeks just removed him. It was easier to remove him. And thankfully, this week, the editor came on and he says, we're going to do that. We're going to believe his speech. And the best thing is, if you don't agree with this individual, don't read him. And I... What needs to, has to happen? The debate needs to go on. That's what's made America great. That's what, that's what makes the Bible fantastic because, because we know th- what this nation was founded on. Th- that the basis of everything that we, that we believe in is this nation and the, the rights and the Constitution were found, founded, literally founded on the Word of God. And today it breaks my heart. To watch anniversary that went by, the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade on the 22nd, 2nd January. 62 mil- million unborn born human beings have been sacrificed on the, on the altar of, of self. That is unconscionable. It continues. In, in fact, I can't believe it continues. What does it say about that? He's pretty clear. He made life in the image of God. It's heinous. What is going on? What's going on? But may we be, may we be like Dan, purpose in our hearts to do the right thing. And I've said it's real, real simple. I don't even know if it's, a, it's original. Remember when I stayed, stayed it was the first, time, the first time I ever said it. I was in Oklahoma sitting in a pickup truck. And somebody asked, asked me a question. Don't remember it. And I turned around and I said, you know, said, you know what? In regards to that, it's the right time to do the right thing. That's, that's where we're at today. It's, it's no different. Stand firm. And it may seem like a, a small battle, battle, but you know, you know what happens so often? It's easier to walk away than to stand firm and do what's right. Isn't it? Time's up, folks. Folks, this is the time. Stand firm. Daniel, that guy, he was that guy. He stood firm, firm the truth. Where in the world were we at before we went on on that branch? Um, well, we were talking about Alexander the Great. He died in 323. I was, was going, to, going to put, I didn't give it to Larry, to Larry. Imagine that. I never think of it until late. But if you look at, look at his excursions, I mean, the guy went, went everywhere in only a few, few years. Conquers everything and he circles back and he comes into Babylon. And he's got a meltdown, a complete depression because there's no place else that isn't his. He's conquered it all. And in a drunken stupor, he's dead. Age 33. For 22 more years, it took that kingdom and was divided before four generals. Cassandra, 
Lysimic to me and Seleucid. They split, split up kingdom, and it took a long it took longer to, to divide it than it was it it like eight times as long as it took for Alexander the Great to gain it. But out of that kingdom, out of the Seleucid kingdom, the eighth, eighth ruler from that was a man by the name Antiochus. Find him to be the little horn. Let's read more time. Verse nine is where we'll find him. him. In fact, verse 8 will tie it in perfectly for us. Verse 8, chapter 8. Therefore the he-goat, that's Greece, waxed very great. When he was strong, great horn was broken, where it came up four, four noble ones toward the four winds of the heaven. We just talked about, about that. That great horn was the, was the fifth king. That was Alexander the Great. He died in his strength at the top of his, his kingdom, and then four generals, four notable ones, came up. Now, verse 9. Out of one of them came forth a lord of which waxed exceeding great toward the east and toward the pleasant land. It would be the holy land, or what is known as Israel. It says it waxed great. Now, um, out of one of those four came this little horn. He came out of the Seleucids. And Tyach Epiphanes. Now, it said he starts off being very little. Well, it's a good shot, but quite honestly, um, he wasn't, wasn't supposed to be. On the throne, he killed his brother, and he just took, took over. So he, so he started, but he takes takes over. He's a very powerful, powerful rabbi. There's no question about it. But but again, the same horn as the one in chapter. This is one that came from the Greece kingdom, and he started his, his empire in 175 BC, and then 164 BC. Now, what we know about this time frame, and not to say that any, that any of you there to witness it, I'm not suggesting anything like that, but, but let's talk about the time, 170, let's write that on the board, put it in your minds. What did I do with my marker? That, that one, did I leave it here? Didn't even have it. That's not, that's not going to So he was ruling and reigning from 75, there, there B.C., to 164 BBC. What do we call that all that time, if you will? Now, again, this has been quite a while. Uh, I told you that Alexander the Great would have died about 323 BBC. So you can tell, tell there's been a second period of time. Okay? And, and I told you already that this guy, Antiochus, you, know to, you want to know, know how Antiochus spelled? Or does it just, does it just sound that I won't tell you? Antiochus. All right. See, it looks, looks better on the board. Antiochus. What's going on in Israel? What's going on in the nation, the area, the region? And, and yes, Greece has still got the kingdom going, going on. Tell me about the Jews. Where are they at in relationship to the time frame? What's going on? If you look blind, that's a good answer. Sir. Absolutely nothing. It's that intertestamental, inter, intertestamental period. There we go. Got it thought, thought out. From Malachi to Matthew. It doesn't seem like it should be that far away, and your Bible's not very far away. The Old Testament, you flip two pieces, there might be a little something, something boom. But you know, you know how long you get from there? there? 400 years. And you know how much God said? Nothing. He, he said nothing. <laughs> now, you've had times in your life where you said, I can't hear you. Hear you, God. They couldn't hear God, God for 100 years because he wasn't speaking. He wasn't speaking. There was nothing said. 
that makes it more, more complicated. Not this little monster. It was a little monster coming on scene, and he's wicked and, and evil on the imagination. Now, Ptolemy, actually, actually if you do your, your, your history of those four uh, generals, actually, you're, you're trying to figure, wait a minute, wasn't Palestine, wasn't that actually in, in Ptolemy's jurisdiction? You're right. You're right. And it was until 195 B.C. because Iacus' father took it away, away from him. Now, again, keep in mind the Greekness. Remember what it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4? Speaking not about about this now. For us, we're, we're, we're scaling, failing for. Um, if we're going, write that down. Circle it. Galatians four four. There's something very interesting. Interesting. God never does anything early. Early. He never does anything, does anything late. Everything is on time. You know when Jesus Christ came by the by that verse, he came in the in the fullness of time. The the perfect time. You know what was perfect about it? Fact, there was a whole lot of roads put together. Now Rome had now conquered Greece when you when you get into the of, G, of Jesus Christ, but there was something that happened during Greece's Greece's overarching kingdom reign. Alexander the Alexander the Great. It's interesting to see how many many miles that man on horse. He must have had several several horses. I'm telling you, it's it's thousands of miles, miles thousands of miles to, to conquer the entire earth as it was was known. But you know what happens when one kingdom has it all? A lot of those barriers between countries, all of those language barriers, it, it says really that the earth was Hellenized. That word Hellenization it is the fact it was turned into, into Greece, traditions, languages, all, all of the things that they lived Spread, spread permeate the entire earth. That's what time when Jesus Christ came, perfect. Wouldn't you want it that way? To are you? Oh, I, I cannot go through the borders of Slovakia. That's its own thing. If everyone in the empire, you just went anywhere. It was under Greece rule. Rule. Same with the Romans. See, there was something that happened there. There that allowed early the gospel. That is that Jesus Christ was born. He was sacrificed. Himself, he, he sacrificed. He was buried, and he again. That message could go anywhere, anywhere in the world. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse three. What a perfect time! Perfect time. It was also Antiochus Epiphanes came at would seem from a human standpoint an unperfect time, and yet it was the time to him to show exactly what would happen for a few years. But a true, the end, the last horn, which we have, which we haven't said yet, the Antichrist will what he will look like. Now, Alexander the Great is going to be a lot, a lot, speaking of vast horn now, the Antichrist, he's going to look a lot like Alexander the Great in the sense of power and speed. The guy's going to be invincible for the sense of what he can get, he can get done in a short period of time. But the second thing, and why Antiochus Epiphanes is here, is here, is because you begin to see the character, personality, the thing under. Because Alexander the Great did not make the Jews a mission. He didn't go out, go out to seek Jews to just, no, no, if you were in this, you're going to die. You don't want to do it my way? No problem. But it didn't matter if you were Joe, Joe or Joe. It didn't matter. But if you were Jew, who? It doesn't, doesn't matter. On the end, Antiochus Epiphany hated Jews. Now, why did he hate them? That's exactly, exactly right. He were almost kind of like, like Daniel. 
I'm convinced that Daniel would have an impact. Think of, think of that man that's really high up in a, in a Gentile kingdom. And as those people, those people had to go back to the homeland, Daniel never did. He prayed about it. He prayed for it. But I have to, have to believe Daniel had a ma- major impact on those that went back to Israel. They, pro- they probably purposed in their heart as well. Again, perfect. I'm not, I'm not saying they were perfect. But there was, some, there was something to the fact when Greece and Mr. Antiochus Epiphany showed up in town and said, you know what? I think we're going to change this whole, whole thing here. They had a temple then. Temple then. He said, what we're going to do is we're going to do something very, very different. First of all, we're going to change high priests. We're going to be a guy by the name of, the name of Jason. Now, what do you know about the word? The word Jason? It's actually a Greek name. That's a, that's a Greek name. Now, I'm not saying that this is maybe a Greek. He might have been a Jew, Jew but you know, if he takes a Greek, a Greek name, where his loyalties lie. And he was corrupt. corrupt. He actually bought his way in. And, and then they built a stadium. Just bu- now, now, of course, the temple was built on a hill. hill. So in this valley or this ravine below, they built this stadium. The sporting arena. Right next to the, to the temple. If you're in the temple, you look down, down, you miss it. Having a seat without being there. You know what happened in this stadium? It was like the Olympics. But it's unlike the Olympics. In fact, you'd be a participant. You had to be stark naked. While competing. And pretty soon, believe it or not, now, this was all a plan. When you can break down the traditions, you can break down the things that are really truth, the things that are really real, in, in your relationship, the things about their religion that was, was really key component. When you break, you break down. That's what's happening, happening in America to do. That's what's happening. That's what evil does. It breaks down th- things that are true. This, this isn't new. It's an old game. Uh, it actually started back in the Garden of Eden. Satan comes to Eve and he says, you know what? You can just obey God. That sells. It sells, it sells every day. But get it for a moment, moment. That's how it's how it started. What would be wrong with an exercise arena? Seems okay. The priest wanted to go. It is really wrong the way it's described. described. And, and then you then you see the whole thing that thing that it's dedicated underneath and it is dedicated to Zeus, Baal, Bacchus, Apollo. I could go on, go on. This is next door to the temple. Pretty soon, guess what? The priests are inside playing game game. You gotta be kidding me. And he said, well let's just just, just change Sabbath. We don't need to be worshiping being God anymore. In fact, I'm gonna make this make this a temple of Zeus. <laughs> How you, you doing out there, right? I mean that's like like <laughs> I, I can't describe it from a Jewish standpoint what would they do? was a good share of it. In fact, there was even a portion of the Jews that were so, so traitorous literally later on down the line, killed its own family. And I'm saying that, that in a sense, Jewish Israeli really family. They turned that much away, letting the, the Grecian culture twist them to where they no longer knew the true truth. That is a very, very similar thing going on in our, our nation today. We have a lot of people that have been, been turned over to reprobate mind, mind that can't even consciously 
defy and to discern truth. It happened there. It happened there. And Antiochus Epiphanes. And then the ultimate. In fact, this, in fact, this is a picture going to happen. In the end, I, I I'm getting ahead, but it sort of ties together. together. If you, you can't hardly talk about Antiochus without going forward and looking, looking at the last horn. Can't hardly do it. Do it. Because the pinnacle, when he went in with a sow, if you know Jews, pigs aren't on your list. <laughs> you stay, stay away, right? And sow into the, into the temple and slid in its throat and scattered blood, blood everywhere within the temple. I can't, can't even imagine what the priest would have put him. And it got worse. He took piece, pieces of that pig and stuffed them down in the mouths of the priests. I should probably, probably stop. His, he was a heinous, evil, wretched, diabolical, satanic, Luciferian worship, worship person. <laughs> All in the name of hating God's people. Wow, wow. Wow. In fact, look at, look at this. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm jumping a little bit. Maybe I said, let's read it again now. It's 10. It waxed, waxed great. Speaking of the horns, Antiochus, Antiochus, Epiphany, even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts. This is speaking of the, the Christian, the, I should say Christian because Jesus couldn't hear yet, but those first of God, if you, if you will. Godly people. And of the stars to the ground, and stamped upon them. And look, he's persecuting them more than we can even possibly meant. Yet he magnified him even to the prince of the host, neither to God himself, basically throwing, throwing his fist in his face. By him, daily sacrifice was, was taken, and the place of his, of his sanctuary was down. And a host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth. To down and practice, practice and prosper. One of the things I haven't told, I just happened to read it right there. Do you know what it means when it says he, he cast down the true truth? All of, all of anyone that would, would have had the, a, a copy of the law, they burned it. They stomped it in the, into the ground and just tried to destroy all of the pictures. Has anyone else tried to do that? Many, many times. Chinese communists. I could go on. Literally tens of men and dictators have tried to stamp out the word God. But you know what? I can tell you with a great deal of faith, ain't going to happen. <laughs> Not ever going to happen. He, he tried. He gave it his best. He was trying to stamp out anything to do with God. He was on a mission. mission. And then watch. Now, what are you saying right now? What, what, what are you saying after reading verses 9 through 13? How long is this going to go on? Right? I'm asking the same thing about America. How long are we spitting God's face? How long are we going to be corrupt and lying and disdainful and rebellious? How long Todd steps in? I'm asking questions. Now watch what they, watch this. It must have been someone else's mind, and I perceive this to be probably two angels. Then I heard one sin sinking. This is in his, in his vision. And another saint said unto that certain one, and there's two, two speaking, which may, how long shall the vision concerning the, concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? How long is, how long is it going to go on? He answers it. What? He answers it. He said unto me, on, on to 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be now, that's definitive. That's pretty definitive. 
Now, we actually know from history, um, there's another, have you ever read, I haven't, but I read about it, I'll get some excerpts, whatever, whatever. the Apocrypha, which they're not inspired by God, oh God, I want to be careful to say, they're not inspired by the Holy Spirit, but, there, but there's a book called Maccabeans. A lot of these details that are unfold, literally, they talk about it historically, and it's after the fact, speak of it, okay, okay? Well, again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's God's word. But it's amazing, still historically, there's things that line up. Well, anyway, this thing goes on and on and on and on and on and further down the trail. And there was actually a man by the name of Mattathias of the Maccabean family. And he was an old man. And they came in, the Antiochus' army came into town, and they had an idol. Now, I don't know if it was Zeus or whatever, but it was, you know, an idol. And he said, you guys, you Jews are going to bow down and worship that. Now, that's a good question, but what, what do we do? There's a, there's a line, line in this. That's one thing the Jews are not guilty, guilty today is idolatry. God got that out of them. <laughs> Some other things are going on in, in Israel, but that ain't one of them. That's a line in the sand. What would you do? What would you do? I mean, there's plenty of excuses or ways to get around it. Just kind of like hide out. Don't show up. up. Go underground. Go underground. Well, here comes, i show you how bold, bold this man was. And again, he's, he would be of that nature that he, he would have known what truth stood for. He would have known how important it was to remain faithful to God. Here comes this, this I'm going to just say, say one of Antiochus's hint. He brings this Jew at the, the and says, bow down. And they did. Do you know what Manifest did? He killed the Jew and the officer. Killed them both. Something had happened there, watching that, that Jewish people. A lot of things changed. Something changed in their mind, mind watching this man stand for truth. Now, that's violent. I, I'm not, I was not in that man's heart, but I'm, something thing happened then that, that changed the scene, scene. And literally, that man died during this revolt. But his son, Judas Maccabee. On December 25th of the year 164 B.C., came down the hills with an army and called Antiochus Epiphanes and cleansed the temple. So we, so we know that, that that's the, the end. If you go back 2,300 days, that would be about September 6, 171 B.C. And, and actually, I can't find anything that day, but that was the, the year. That I had Epiphanes displaced Onanias, which was a good high priest, with Jason. And then all of a sudden, all of this ad- adversity between, between the Jews and, and Antiochus up to an, just went whoosh 2,300 days before. Can't say the day that very year. year. Isn't anything all God's word is, is amazingly truly true? That's good for us today. That's why you can, you can sit there and listen. You can say, that means revelation is going to happen. Without all. It's going to happen. Now, the part I'd like, like to miss, maybe some of these coming days, even in our own I don't know when the rapture is going to happen. There's nothing. There's nothing. But there's a lot of things that have to, have to happen for the, the day of, of the Lord, the last, when, when Jesus Christ comes and it's, it's all wiped away. There's a lot, a lot of things that have to happen. Have any of you seen the Antichrist? No. Or if you have, you wouldn't know it. Have you seen the spirit of Antichrist? 
Oh my goodness, goodness. Oh my goodness. Even the Bible is full of events of, of that. Now, tell me about Antichrist. Tell me what, when you, when you hear that word, what does that mean, that mean to you? A, a diabol, mean man. Is that what comes to your mind? <laughs> the, the, the finalization, there, there's something about, tell me just, just when I say Antichrist, what comes to your mind? Evil. Now we can. There's there's two ways to. Excuse me. That's right. Take, taking the now some when you see the word antichrist you think just just against. They ain't smarter than than that. Instead of anything instead of Christ, that's a win. That's a win because some, some you, you have to you want to analyze a, a cult analyze. Uh, religious rel- religions, and what what really is important? What, what do they say? This is the first thing I want to know. This is number one. Cut through this. Everything sounds sweet and good. I want to know what they say about Jesus Christ. If they make him created, we're done. If they, if they less than God, we're done. We're done. If they, if they anything what the Bible describes them as, we're done. Done. Care how much niceness they sound like? It's wrong. Wrong. Jesus Christ. Christ. No gray area there. There's no gray area. There's one cult that says, as God, as God wants what? We are. As God is, we shall become. I'm out. We're no part. Can't have that. that. Wrong, wrong picture of God. This is really important. Truth matters. Truth, truth matters. Judas Maccabees, led by God, on one event, I want to come back to, to Antiochus. On one event, he killed 80,000 Jews and he sold 30,000 into an additional one slavery. Ay, ay, ay. How many were a Jew that day? That day? I, I would think about moving to another country. <laughs> but you know what? The more I think about that, I look at old Jew. Now, God took him out of harm's way, but he brought him right back, didn't he? How would have you have been, Elijah, I'm stepping where I was going to end today's service. This, is, this seems appropriate right now. It's something that has to happen now where we're standing now in, in the sense of injustice, the lack of truth. The, I'm going to just going to say the attempt destruction of truth. Let's, let's, let's go there. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18. And I know we're jumping out of text here, but you'll get over it. 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'm going to tell you, it's been a deal for, deal for Elijah. He's been fed the ravens. He's went to a widow woman, took her last meal. And we get through that, and then and then dies. And, of course, she wasn't very happy about that. And God, God's power raises him up. And it came, and it came to pass, days, chapter 18. Are you there? 1 Kings chapter 18. Did I tell you that? 1 Kings chapter 18. It came to pass after, after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah the third year, saying, Go and show thyself on Ahab. What? I've been laying away from him for a while. Whoa, so stop. What, what happened? What happened? Did he get to find Jesus? And of course, Jesus wasn't. But you understand what I'm saying. Did he get something to him? <laughs> how, how many of you would have signed? Do you know who Ahab is? a wife named Jezebel. Jezebel hates prophets. 
hates prophets. So what, have you shown up? Well, Elijah said, no problem. If God can feed me with, with race, and if he, can, if he can take the last meal of a widow, widow lady, he was really, it was her last one, last one for her, and guess, guess what? what? That barrel of meal never, ever ran out. Wouldn't that be cool? You just kind of, I wonder if you're there today. Yep, yep, we're okay. I have never really looked inside. Sometimes it's better not knowing. Because if I had, if I had food, and that's, that's really what God, what God, God right there. He provides, provides for today. He provides strength for today. He provides preservation for today. Just a day at a time is enough. enough. It's hard for me. I want to plan out in front. Right? I want to, but that's what revelation is for no matter what. But we win. <laughs> so why should we be planned if we win? <laughs> Here, Larry, you're too, too flip. Okay, where did I, what, what were we doing now? Oh, he said to Elijah in the third year of drought. By the way, it, had, it hadn't rained for three years. Picture that. No dew, no rain, three years. Getting a little bothered about the lack of snow. Think of that three years, no, no rain or snow or dew. <laughs> I can't imagine, imagine what this would look. Okay, okay. That's the whole land of Israel. Do you know why it was that way? Because they disobeyed God. It was like a cat, cast iron dealing. And you, and you know you have blamed? Well, of course, you blame God, God's prophet. In this case, Elijah. Elijah. Elijah's the whole problem. And God, okay, Elijah, let's go see Ahab. I'll show yourself on Ahab, and I will send in rain the earth. And Elijah, Elijah went, went to show off on Ahab. Did you see? No, no committee meetings. Just goes. There was a sore, sore from Samaria. That'd be one way to put it. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor, governor of his house. Now, why? Now watch. Now, Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. How do you do, do that? God placed him in a place with enough abundance. Literally, watch what goes, what goes on. It was so when Jezebel fell, cut the prophets of the Lord, the Lord that I took hundred prophets and hid them by fifty cave and fed them with blood. Can you imagine? Obadiah's job tomorrow morning, honey, I got I got to go get enough food for the prophets. There's fifty cave and there's fifty in that. How, how would you care of a hundred men every day? Let anybody know. That's a, that's a man of God. What do you think you think he was living with a single day? You're caught. I'm done. And yet, what did he do? He took it one day at a time. At a time. He did exactly what he was supposed to, supposed to do. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep. Oh, it was, it was the reason he feared the Lord greatly. The, the end of verse 3. Verse 5. Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, and all fountains of water, and all brooks, peradventure, or maybe we could find some grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all the beasts. Do you have an idea, idea how this thing is? You haven't seen drought. So they divided the land between them to pass through, pass through it. And Ahab went, Ahab went one way by and Obadiah went another way by him. And it was, as Obadiah was in the way, my place. Verse 7. Behold, Elijah met him. <laughs> and he knew, he knew, and fell his face and said, Art thou that, my lord, Elijah? Are you like the real prophet, Elijah? And he, and he answered him, Go tell thy lord, behold, Elijah is here. <laughs> uh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You've been on for three years. Nobody knows where you're at. And now you're, you're telling Obadiah to go to, go to uh, Ahab and tell you that I've seen you and you're right, right here. That sounds like a sounds like a dance. Let's keep going. And he, and he said, if I sinned, that thou wouldst deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? 
And as the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither, whither my Lord hath sent to seek you. And when they say, said, he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom of the nation that they, that they should found thee not. And now thou sayest, tell thy Lord, behold, the liar. To pass as soon as I am gone with thee, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you away. Oh, nowhere. And then when I come and tell Ahab, he cannot find you. He'll slay me, and I am the servant of the Lord for my youth. Youth. You say, oh, oh, don't do this to me. Was it not told my Lord what I did when Je- Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I, I hid a man of, of the prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water? And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah's here. He will slay said, as the Lord of hosts live, in whom I stand, I will, I will surely show myself unto him today. So, Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. It came to pass, Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? <laughs> That's interesting. interesting. When you rebel against God so long, it isn't even your fault anymore. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Absolutely true. He answered and said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou in thy father's house, and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou followed Balaam. Therefore, send and gather to me all Israel, Israel, Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prince of the groves, 400, would eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Watch this. And she came unto all the, all the people and said, Now think, think, think for a moment now. Think, think of this. For three years it hasn't rained. Rained for three years. A lot of the one fact. You know where all the prophets are hidden away. They, they they would be killed. Jezebel would have killed them. And now all of the people in the nation gathered on this mountain, on this 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 hillside. And Elijah says something. Verse twenty-one. He says to them, to them, long you between two opinions. If the if the Lord be Follow him. But if, if Baal, then, then follow him. This, this is scary. They answered, not a word. Unfortunately, I think that defines America today as well. We want to just, just have it all. A little of this, a little of this, a little of that, like a religious buffet. What do you think God thinks of that? What do, you, what do you think Elijah thought right then? Are you, are you kidding me? You guys can't even make, can't even make a mind? That's pretty much right. This, this, would be, this would be a good read this week. Go to, uh, I don't know exactly where it's at, but Re- Revelation chapter, and it's, and it's the church to see it. You may have to, may have to read another in, chapter, in the first part of it. If somebody find, if, find the beginning verse of the church of Laodicea. You tell us before we, before we leave. That is very, very, let's take that to me, where we are right now. See, I believe we're in those last days of the church. Stand for nothing. nothing. You know what those people? They didn't. Do you think you needed to tell? Wait a minute. Don't show the Lord God, but the one that you've heard from your youth, youth as a little kid, he's parted the red red sea, and our forefather through, and then it closed up, and Pharaoh and all of his his were drowned. Or how about the manna that showed up from heaven? Or how about the the water that came rock? Are on and on and on and it goes, and they didn't know what to say. God for Elijah. You can read the rest of that chapter. I'll tell you. One man, one woman, running with God, beats all odds. 
That is a absolute perfect example of that. One man for God wins. That's an, and that's not just a story. Do you know what's happened? It says, it says in the end that Elijah will come, come back. How do you think that is? To speak the truth. To speak the truth. You know why you're here today? Do you know why you're on earth here today? And, and the cool thing is you're, you're of you that are here and here in Jesus Christ personally. That didn't get you out of a job. That got into battle for good and evil. And you know what we need to do today? Just exactly what Daniel did. Be responsible enough to declare the message of life and light. But you know before you get before you that, this is what's cool about Daniel. He cared enough to be responsible to tell the message. It's amazing how all of the communication devices, all the things that, that separate us from other people. It's easier to have a conversation on Facebook or a platform which we don't have to engage in a, in a conversation. Emails. Did, did I tell you I don't want those? <laughs> now, emails for this. Because I got really bad. My memory. Because mem- your memory's going downhill. <laughs> so you're smiling? That's okay. I mean, that means we're there in all of this, right? Right? I remember when I when I used to be able to almost it was, it was amazing that photographic memory just boom, calving bar on the hill. There's like twenty balls in there. I get my scale, no notebook, no pen. I would weigh the calves, and I would go all the way down and I come back and I'd write the sex of the calf, calf the number of the and the weight, weight, and was never concerned at wrong. I cannot do it with one day. <laughs> I've lost it. Memories. <laughs> I don't know about that. Now, where are we at? <laughs> where were we? <laughs> I remember. All right, good. That's good. Seriously, where are we at? Um, oh, I know. I know. How important it is for us, for us to care enough to say. And a really good, good thing is it's not, it's not, we don't have to come up with anything. Just, just, just talk to Jesus. Show him Jesus. Just show him Jesus. And the really, the really cool is in the world that we, we find ourselves with today, your life being different because you are in Christ is attracting. It, it's attracting. That's what we need to be doing. That's where we need to be, to be, especially in the day and age we find ourselves. Now, really cool, and this, and this is the brightness of this, this message today. I've unfolded, unfolded Antichrist's epiphany. How many of you would vote for him for president? He's a horrible man, man, is right? And the more you know about him, the less you like him. In fact, you get to the point, how long is this, this going to go on? Judas Maccabees and his, and his I'm sure it wasn't, it wasn't the people. We talked about, about Gideon last week. Gideon, 300 men, con- conquered 130,000 Midianites. Again, I'm going to this. As long as you are with God, you, you win. There is such thing as a minority with God. In fact, look at the, those 12 spies that went to Canaan. 
There was only that said we should go. Go. There was ten. Oh no 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 no. no. They're like oh, we were like grasshoppers. Guess who was right? The two. See, it's not about polling. It's not about a democracy. It's about where where God is. Our leaders get on their get on their knees. Where does God want us? That's where that's where we be. Because if we're there, we win. <laughs> a live man. 450 and 400, you do the math, that's 850 prophets against one prophet of God. Who won? Elijah. Well, I should say God did with Elijah being there as, as a spokesman. Spoke. Guess what happened to the people after they saw that event? Do you know why they were sent? They already, they already knew there was 850 to one. One, we'll say. I can't hear you. But then what God did... He burned the rocks, chat on their size. Put what water, got water in about, in about this deep ranch, that's gone. The rocks are burned, and the people said, they got on their knees, and they said, blessed be, be the Lord of Israel. But it'll take someone like Elijah to get, to get back on the track to truth. It'll take, take people just like us that love the word, the word of God, that love truth, love truth to get people back on the track to seeking and wanting God. The really cool part is, is, isn't up to you. In our weaknesses, remember we read that in Hebrews chapter 11? Our weaknesses become, become his strengths. Wait, Daniel, right there. For a hundred, this is the good news, a hundred years after Judas Maccabees cleansed that temple on December 25th, 164 BC, for a hundred years, plus or minus, or minus, they were free. They were free. And then along came Romans. <laughs> you see the cycle deal, right? I can't pretend to tell you where America, America is at, but I can tell you this, that the truth was us free. John chapter 8 and verse 32. Now the Antichrist, let's go back to our text We'll have to move quick now. You say, you say that's impossible. You, that's a good, good, probably pretty true. Daniel chapter 8, and we description uh, as the interpretation was, was we went through most of that last week. week. But I want to turn our, our attention to verses 23 through 25. We've talked about the big horn, Alexander the Great. We've talked about the little, little horn, Antiochus Epiphany. And now there's a very different, different horn. The last one, in verse 23, it says this. this. In the latter time of the kingdom, whose kingdom? The Gentiles' kingdom. The latter time of, of their so this is so this is the last days, if you will. The last, who is the last king? Remind yourselves from chapter seven, the Romans, Roman Empire. In the latter time, the Gentile kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full. A king of fierce countenance and understand, understanding darknesses shall st stand up. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own, his own power. He shall destroy one wonderfully and prosper and proud shall destroy them, destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also he shall cause craft, that's deceit, to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself and by he shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince, prince, princes. This is putting Alexander the Great, great, epiphs together, the power, and then the character, and everything that you could imagine, and take times about a hundred. 
that that guy is at the very the very end. We think about about uh, probably didn't do enough research, but uh, as it would have prophesied back in chapter seven, that that last kingdom of empire, what happened? Did, did somebody somebody come? No, it just sort of this kind of and and more decay. Just fell apart apart from side. But no one else came on the scene. Moral decay. What that sound like? But in 1957, with what was called the Treaty of Rome, was was ending of what I think was maybe the the beginning of a revival, if you will, of of the Roman Empire. Six nations nations that part of that to start with. France, Italy, Italy, Luxembourg, and Germany. Did I get six? Short one? Okay. That's why, that's why I write stuff down. But where did I write it? Okay, Belgium, France, Italy, Italy Luxembourg. Oh, the Netherlands. Netherlands. Missed it. The Netherlands and one West Germany. That was the beginning of what is known as the European Union. And that area that is... is is encompassed by that that group. Hey, now it doesn't quite fit because how many kings, how many kingdoms or kings? I'm going to say kings were described in in, in uh, chapter seven of Daniel. Daniel. Ten, ten. Okay, eight. Really close though. Ten. And out of those ten kingdoms, there was this little horn. Now this is we're now we're talking about the same guy in chapter seven as this final horn in in Daniel vision. There's a little horn that comes and takes three out and rises above all of them. Would you say, now, now how, do I know how many, na- many nations are in the European Union, the EU? 20-something, that's correct. 27. Now, the UK pulled out. I don't know what that means, but they, they pulled out. There's, there's 27 nations here saying, how does the 10 thing, thing fit? I don't know. I have no idea. But I know that that's probably the area, obviously, is part of the Roman kingdom. And there's no question about that, that area of which, which that will come. Now, now, have you notice how quickly things, things can happen in less than a year? <laughs> I'm amazed, right? Well, how quickly could, quickly could we have, like, just rise up out of this 27, potentially? You know, who, who knows? Maybe, maybe it just zips down to 10. Look what's going on right now. There are government, governments that are still There are prime ministers that are quitting. It's a, it's a mess. It's a total mess. I mean, things could, could change literally overnight. This is, really, this is very, very important. What are they short of in the European Union? Now, I went into the hierarchy today, and there's about four or five different councils or administrations. That's not the right, the right word, word, but you're talking about. Kind of, kind of words are within the European Union. They're, they're headed by, one of them was by Ursula. I, how, how, I remember that name, Ursula. Ursula. That's a woman that is in charge of one. There's like four. I've never heard of them before. So I've kind of given my answer away. What are they missing today in Europe? A real leader. Someone can rise above the masses, fix problems, and, t- and take over. You know how many people would, would want Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. That's what they're waiting for. Now, what happened before that? Before that a, a falling away. Talks about in 2 Timothy. A falling away of what? 
all of the things are falling away, away right now. Now, now am, I, am I saying it's right around the corner? I don't know. But I would say if America gets this wrong, we're right now, we get, we get this wrong, we're on a, a high-speed because the rest of the world gets, world gets America has been a leader in freedoms. Here we have religious, personal liberty, and the ability and opportunity to seek after God unmolested or unpersecuted. That's amazing. You go to the rest of the world, the world, that's simple. But if we collapse, which is very, very high likely, I'm not here to predict any of that. I can say this. God wins, and, and we're responsible for truth, just like Elijah. Just like all of those saints, good and different times, times, stood firm with the belt of truth that held it all together. That's what we're supposed to do. And Daniel's prophecy is telling literally who's going get really tough. But the prince, without hands, wins slam dunk. That's encouraging to me. That's encouraging to know there's not a question. It happens that way. That way. The question is, is what happens tomorrow? <laughs> Those are things I don't know. But the really cool thing is, I don't know. What if we hadn't included the book of Revelation or the book of Daniel? Oh, your eyes, eyes got wider. Or Jesus spoke of it in Matthew chapter 24. The disciples asked, when will the end be? What if none of that was, was there? Ah, ah. <laughs> I'd be yelping like a, like a scalded something. I'm trying to think of that one, but right now. <laughs> Only I scalded chicken. The chicken is too late. It's too late for scalded chicken, right? But, but, oh, excuse me? A lobster. There you go. There you go. But the, the matter is this. This. It is there. And it does happen. And it will, will happen. Just the way just the way he said it would. The sniff of this Holocaust destruction of which this inspired and I would even say inhabited by... by. So let's go to Revelation 13 for a moment. moment. Revelation chapter 13. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. Revelation 13, it says, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now, you know, this is, this is Apostle seeing, seeing this. Having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his, on his head the names of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth is as the mouth of a lion and the dragon. Who's the dragon? Satan. And the dragon gave him his power. And his seat, or his seat, or his authority, his, his, I'm sorry, and his seat and great authority. How are you do, doing? That sounds, you notice where those animals, animals? that's absolute a picture of Daniel in chapter 7. Who, who is the lion? The Babylonians. Who is the bear? Medes and Persians. Who is the leopard? The Greeks. The Greek, Greeks. And then this comes the Roman Empire, so that this composite, that this all melted together, other monstrosity of wickedness and power, or staying and coming out of out of the sea of humanity, just just out of the sea of humanity, and is, is in charge. 
He's full of lies and deceit. He's proud. He comes and comes in peace. In fact, that's what will set up the tribulation. That's what that's what is when he makes and makes a peace treaty with Israel. We'll see it in chapter nine of Daniel. Now, does he make? Does he, does he want to do that? He wants to do it only to get control, only to get political pizzazz to, to conquer from within. Because half, halfway through the three and a half years of the tribulation, that's when the abomination of desolation takes place. And how, and how did that? He literally, literally goes to the temple of God in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. Oh, there's a temple there now, isn't there? Isn't that interesting? You know temple is? We, we already said this. To, I want to make sure you're emphasizing. Where's the temple in Jerusalem today? There isn't one. There will be. And on that day, in the middle of that tri- tribulation, they're going to see him for who, for who he's going to look like Antiochus Epiphanes on steroids. And he's going to take it over. He's going to blaspheme, blaspheme God. He's going to to the, the high heavens say that he is God. And for three and a half years, I, I would not want, want to be here. I can't imagine how, imagine how bad it gets. I told you the atrocities from his history in, in regard to Antiochus Epiphanes, that, that's nothing compared to what this, what this guy is going to do. That's, that's Christ. That's the Antichrist. I mean, if you go to 2 Thessalonians, we're running out of time, but 2 Thessalonians, this, this would be another passage for you to read. 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, begin at verse 3 and go through to about 11 or 20. You get another picture of this Antichrist, and it says he cannot come. Well, in fact, it says the Lord cannot come. What is the day of the Lord? The end of tribulation. That not come until, until this man of, of perdition comes. And he, he cannot come until the, the apostasy, the apostasy. What would that be? The very same event, if you will, that Antiochus Epiphanes did when he took that, that temple and, and, and decorated it, where the Antichrist will go in and he said, I'm God. I, I'm God. You will worship me today. From that day forward, he will be in charge for three, three years. And the good news is, if you've said Christ, let's go to those. If you said Christ, you are not part of his wrath. I do want to, I, I got to do this though. Before we, let's fit with the Antichrist, Christ. Let's go to chapter 19 of Revelation. And I want you to wa- watch this. Let's just start in verse 11. This is the, this is the culmination of the Antichrist who thinks he's everything. everything. He's, the, he's the bad. He meets his Waterloo at a place called Armageddon. Verse 11, 11 chapter 19. And I opened and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon it was called Faithful and True, and righteousness he does he that judge make war. Who's that? That is Jesus, Jesus Christ, second coming. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many, were many crowns, name written that, that no man knew he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in his name is called, is called the Word of God. That's why John 1, 1 is so clear. I'm clear. I'm written by the same man, John the Apostle. You go to John 1, 1, 1. It says, in the, in the beginning, the Word, and the Word was with God, and the, and the Word was, was God. Now, unfortunately, another, another translation cult that says, watch, what, you tell me the difference. In the beginning was the Word, and the, and the Word was with God. The Word was a God. Did you see it? Did you catch it? 
That's the way it is with counterfeit. You don't look at the counterfeit money. You, ha you handle the real stuff, and the counterfeit stuff sticks out. No, no, the word not a God. But it fit what they wanted it to say. The, the word. Here we I'm sorry, got, got off track. track. Word of God. 14, the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, and linen, and white, and out of his mouth, mouth goeth a sword, that with, that with it should slay nations, and he shall be, rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his, on his vesture, on his, on his thigh, a name written of kings and, and lords. Did you see those armies that came from heaven that were riding, riding white horses? That would be, be you. That's the first guy show up, show up since chapter. We've had some stuff. It's a whole other topic. But we've been busy for seven years in front of God. That, that Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, Christ, we've got a lot of things to get out before God. But think of this. As Jesus, Jesus Christ comes, here we come. Some, one of the kids at True Seekers says, well, what if we can't ride a horse? <laughs> I said, that'll be the least of your worries. That's what I'm going to tell you, tell you that that's here because you're going to be on a horse. A white one. <laughs> that's right. I, I, amazing, isn't it? Okay. This is when it all breaks loose. Where did I stop? Did I read something? Let's say let's read, let's read it again. On his vesture and on his high and on his thigh and written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Verse 17, I saw, I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. That you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of cap captains, the flesh of mighty, mighty men, of men of the firsts of them that sit, that sit in the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both great, great, I'm sorry, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth, the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And just simply, verse 20 says this, and the beast was taken. <laughs> There's no fault. The beast was taken with him, the false false prophet, that was sidekick, that brought miracles before him, which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them, them that worship his image. These, these both were cast, cast alive into a lake of fire, burned with brimstone. That's what happens to the Antichrist. That's the end of him. The first inhabitants of the lake of fire. Go with, with me to First Thessalonians. Hold your place in Revelation. Hold your, we'll be back for, in a moment. But First Thess Thessalonians, I want you there. First, first Thessalonians, and we're about to wrap, to wrap this thing. <clears throat> and let's turn to chapter 5 and verse 9. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's a verse you really need to know. To know. Now, turn back to Revelation chapter 6 and verse 16. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 16. Let's for lunch. 6.16. Now, this is the sixth seal. It starts in verse 12. It's a great earthquake. The sun black becomes as blood. The stars of heaven are falling. It sounds like a wicked kind of a day. Kind of a day. In fact, look at verse 14. Let's start there. Revelation 6, 4. And the heaven departs scroll rolled together, and every mountain and, and island were moved out of their places. That, that'll bring us here 
the king, watch verse 15, the kings of the earth and the great men, the rich men and the chief captains, the mighty men, every bondman and every freeman hid, hid themselves dens and in the rocks of and, and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from wrath, wrath of the Lamb. You see, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, 9, it's no question that he used God appointed to wrath. There's described wrath right there. And then back to First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10. Verse 9, First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. For they themselves show of us, there, First Thessalonians 1, 9, for, for they themselves show of us what manner, manner of turning in we, we have you, and how you turned to, to God... From idols to serve the living and true God. He speaks to the Thessalonians and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivered us from the wrath to come. Somebody should say hallelujah, because <laughs> there it is. Scripture's clear. Now, how do we react? I've already told you we need to have we need to take responsibility to proclaim message to proclaim claim the truth. But under that, there's something something important is the responsibility to care enough to to spread the word. How much do you love others? How much do you really care for others? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Because if you don't you don't care, you will. Turn with me to Second Timothy. Second Timothy. This is actually. Um, some pre- prerequisite characteristics of leaf in the church, but church, it really should fit us as well. Let's, this, this is where we'll, we'll close. Second Timothy chapter 2, and let's look, look at verses 24 through 20, 26. This is a picture of the soldier of Christ, if you will. And in, in 20 through 26, it talks, it talks about him being a servant. What, what it, what was, how was Jesus Christ described to us, especially in Mark? He was... I came to be to be the servant of all, right? Mark chapter 10. Write that, that down. It's in my head. Mark chapter, chapter 10, 45. I think that's something anyway. 10, 10, 45. That's what it says. Now, let's look at 24 through 24 through 20. Speaking of a soldier of Christ. This, how many want to be a soldier today? <laughs> Man, this would be hard to raise an army today, wouldn't it? Poor, be, be just Gideon. How many want to be a soldier? Well, look at this. The neat thing is. Is to be a, to be a Christian. Onward, Christian soldiers. We should actually sing that song. Onward, Christian soldiers. Is the fact that it has a whole lot more to do with prayer and dedicated love of to others. Anything else? That's an inside thing. Now let's watch. Twenty-four, chapter two, Second Timothy. And the servant of the Lord must not not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. In meek, meeks. What's meek, meekness? Strength or power under control. Control. Instructing those that oppose themselves, that is, that don't know the truth, if God peradventure, or may give them repentance to the, to the acknowledge of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the, the, the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Those three, three verses, amazingly powerful. That's the picture we as servants, as soldiers in Christ, really literally need to be engaged in. Do you see that? If we could talk in uh, truth and love, that's Ephesians chapter chapter verse 15, 
that literally, if we re- reach out, God, God may allow them to see the fact that they don't know the truth, and they will bring them to it. And then they will be out the outside of the Satan's snare. snare. We need to pray for those people. We need to pray, pray for our neighbors. We need, we need to pray for people we don't even, don't even know, know their names. We need to pray for our leaders at a high level. We need to pray for those around the world that don't know Jesus Christ. That make a difference. That's how that make a difference. And God will honor, honor that. I just love as a teenager. I'm going to go back. back. Just, I promise I'd quit before, quit before, but here we go. <laughs> Daniel chapter 1. There was something that made Daniel everything he was, and he started when he was 14 or 15 years of age. It said he pur- purposed in his heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard heart. For it come, the ish- issues. Daniel had, had guarded to be able to purpose in his heart. Same, same thing for us today. Are you purposing in your heart? Your heart? Are you guarding your heart? I hope, hope you are. Because God do great things. Listen in our heart.